Welcome on in to the Superintendent Radio Network. I'm Matt Lowell, the managing editor of Golf Course Industry Magazine, and you, my friend, my listener, are listening to episode 28 of Off the Course. This is the podcast where golf course superintendents and other turf pros talk about literally anything other than their job. My guests today are Ron and Don Wenzel. They are 84-year-old twin retired carpenters who are now a part of the maintenance crew at Onika Ridge Golf Course. That's in White Bear Lake, Minnesota. I wrote a short story about Ron and Don for our March issue, but our conversation and their stories were too great to limit to 400 words or so. So a little more here. We talk about how they got into carpentry, how those decades of work helped them now, how they found their way to the golf course, some of the stories they've racked up during the last couple years working with Chris Michelson, how much longer they might work. They're 84. Had tremendous fun talking with them. I hope you have tremendous fun listening to Ron and Don. Before you hear from them, a quick word from the sponsor of Off the Course, and that is AquaAid Solutions. The mythical Excalibur might just be the most famous fictional sword immortalized in Arthurian legend, and of course, sheathed in stone. The more modern Excalibur, though, it's the new next-generation rapid-response soil surfactant from our friends at AquaAid Solutions. Their Excalibur delivers rapid infiltration and consistent dry-down, and it helps your turf achieve both consistent hydration and superior rehydration. All you need is four ounces for every thousand square feet for your initial application. That's early in the growing season. And then either an ounce and a half to two ounces every 12 to 14 days or three to four ounces every 28 to 30 days. You also need at least an eighth of an inch of water to deliver Excalibur to the soil profile, whether that is from hoses or irrigation or just rain. For best results, use Excalibur over a full-season program, and not just when signs and symptoms of water repellency and turf grass stress start to appear. For more information about Excalibur, check out AquaAid Solutions online at www.aquaaidsolutions. That's A-Q-U-A-A-I-D solutions.com. You can also find them on Twitter at solutions for turf That's solutions, the number four, Turf. Ron and Don Wenzel, 84-year-old carpenters turned maintenance crew members. After the break. How did you get into golf course maintenance? How long have you been doing this? Uh, one year. My bro, my Ron, been doing it for two years, and uh, we did carpenter work. I did carpenter work for sixty years, and they called me. My brother called me last spring and said, uh, uh, "Would you like to come and work at the golf course?" And I said, "Well, I've been thinking about golfing more. I have. I really haven't golfed. I only golfed about eight times before I ever came here." <laughs> And so I was going to start with a friend of mine, and he said, well, they got an opening for an old guy. And I said, well, I'm old. <laughs> and so 
well, what time? And then he, I said, what time does it start? He said, well, you got to be up at four something, four something in the morning. I says, well, let me think about it, and I'll call you back tomorrow. Well, I talked to my daughter at home, and she said, and I told her what was going on, and I called them back, and I said, might as well. That way I get out of the house, and I love it. I can get here, nobody get out at five something in the morning, nobody's out there, no golfers. So it's really fun. So before we get into, Ron, how you got into it two years ago, you, you were both carpenters for 60 years, is that right? That's correct, yes. So now, was that your own company? Did you work for somebody, or, or what was the, the 60 years in carpentry story? Well, I worked for contractors. My brother Donnie um, worked for contractors for a while, and then he started his own business. Yeah, I started um, two years ago. Chris talked to me. I golf at the golf course here and in the senior league, and Chris asked me the year before, and I was busy building decks on the side, and when I did ask him, he, it was in almost September, and he says, well, you can get by until next year or so, and I started two years ago, and I, I love it. I get up early in the morning. I always did get up early, except in the wintertime, I don't get up early, and summertime, I get up early, and, and I'm out here, and I'm usually on the tractor by about quarter after five. I also plow snow in the wintertime. <laughs> you guys just don't stop, do you? <laughs> and then I also have a part-time job, too. I work, my wife and I are custodians at our church. If he'd have saved his money when he was younger, he wouldn't be have to work so much. <laughs> wild, uh, wild, reckless spending, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so what was the scope of the carpentry? Because when Chris and I talked last month, he was saying that, you know, even, maybe it was even this year, I, I, I think, uh, you were still building decks and porches and, and still very active. Uh, I imagine you were doing bigger projects than that when you were in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. Uh, this is Ron. Yes, I worked for, well, we worked for home builders, so we, so we built mm. homes. And when we first, I first started, we're one of the last breeds of, of carpenters that did everything. I mean, once we got to the job site, we um, set the beam, built, built the house, and when we walked out of there, the house was ready to move into and then in the later part of the my <clears throat> the last 11, 12 years that I was in carpentry, I, I was with the, well, one carpenter concept uh, means that there's one carpenter on the job, and I did remodeling in that. So that was that was fun because I I could start when I wanted to, and and usually I started at seven in the morning if the people would let me. And that so Donnie he did mostly uh, additions and remodels and and all that stuff. I built a few houses in between, but not. I didn't really look to build the houses because it needed more help. And most of the time, I had uh, one or two guys that worked with me. And I found I had a younger guy working for me once, and I just—he was terrible. He didn't come on time. He, and I wasn't always at the job on, in the morning because I had to go get lumber and that stuff. And finally, I told my guy that worked with me. He well, he worked 19 years for me. I said, will you keep his time for me? So I did. I did. He did, rather. And uh, the next week, I, I shorted his paycheck. And he called me up and said, I shorted him. I said, no, I pay you when you're working. So he only worked a little longer, and he left and that stuff. And, but I, I did a lot of remodeling, window replacements. Um, I started in, like, in... 
in um, in '09 and '08. Um, or was that before? That? Maybe it was before that. But I, anyway, I, I had Hello Windows, and they they were were selling a lot of windows for people, and I would they gave my name out so I could bid, and I I think I got about ninety some percent of my bids. So that that was a good job. I moved around a little bit different. I didn't like going to all them places. I like it there. We got late. I got laid off one time because the the crews in front of us, it was a big apartment system for federal government. And uh, so, and I knew a carpenter in Hugo, and he, where we live around, and we were born and raised in Hugo. And so I went to work just to help him out, and then he talked me into going into business with it, and my wife took over the books. And he was one of these guys that always shook his hat, fist at somebody that was driving by, and I asked him, why do you do that? And he said, he still owes me money. I said, well, why does he owe you money? He says, well, I didn't finish. I got in an argument with him. Then people knew this about this guy. And it started, they tried to do it when I was working there. And I said, no, you don't do that. You do, you, we stay with the job, finish it, get our money. And sometimes it, he'd get back on his old ways, then get the, get his money. He was working more remodeling and I we're and another guy and I were building the houses and finally I I went there one day and I said, You gotta get the stuff in so we can get the money before we can pay our bills and he said, Ah, oh, why don't we just quit? And I said, Fine, I went home and told my wife and when got home that night she had everything split off what we all owed and and it worked out pretty good that way, and I went on my own. People say, oh, you're a contractor, you make a lot of money. No, I did it because then I know what I had ahead of me all the time. And it worked out really good, so. And I had really some good customers. You both were in in carpentry in, in either basically remodeling or, or uh, home building for about 60 years. Did you guys start right out of high school? My brother and I tried to get into it, but back then, uh, it isn't like today. You could, you could walk up to the Union Hall and boom, you got yourself, uh, you, you can start working. Back then, you had to know somebody and all that stuff. And so um, it was about a year or so after high school. And uh, I got, I, I got, I got uh, canned at the, the job I was working at. <laughs> and so I knew this guy and I went to work as apprentice for, for this company. And uh, and then I went to the Union Carpenter's uh, apprentice office and talked to him. And uh, I thought I was in. And then when September came, when all the kids I knew were going to the uh, classes, and I didn't. So I went back in and talked to them. And, and they didn't know if they were going to let me in. And I just told them, I said, well, you let me in or you don't. I'm going to still work. And so they went back at another little meeting, came out and gave me a 90-day permit. And 90 days came up, and they put me into the carpentry union. And then uh, I got I, I got my brother into it about a year later. No, you didn't. What? You didn't get me in. Well, I got, I I got married, and just before we got married, I was working for Whirlpool, and they had a big layoff at like around Thanksgiving time, oh. and I got married December December 3rd of December, 
So I got, that was my wedding gift, I guess, getting laid off. So, um, so I didn't have anything, and then I was looking. I had been going to the, the apprenticeship program all the time. I'd, my older brother was a foreman at Whirlpool, and we worked for him. So I'd tell him some days I'm going to be an hour late because I'm going to go to the apprentice board. They just keep turning me down. Well, go out, go out into the field and get a job. You go out in the field and ask these contractors, are you a union? No, can't take you. So it was just a big run around. So after I was married, and it was in March, I was going taking my wife to White Bear to catch her folks to go into, uh, she was working in, at the Capitol. And so I saw these the guy building this house. So I pulled in there when I come back and I says, uh, are you hiring anybody? And he says, yeah, I'm, I'd like to hire somebody. And I said, well, I'm not my twin brother. He's the carpenter. I, well, I've done carpenter work before that stuff, but I never had a job doing it. And so he says, yeah, come to work the next day for him. So I grabbed my wooden hammer hand hammer and a couple things and I went to work and the first thing he did is took my hammer away from me. So I started building. He had one guy that would work for him was a journeyman carpenter and in two weeks I was in finishing carp I was doing finish work. And so but in the closets. And that's the hardest place to start, but that's where I started. And uh, so it went on and then at this house and then it came along early in the spring and it was an area in Hugo that they had started building houses at. And my boss went over to, cl to clean the house that, that Saturday and the union, well, these other contractors seen somebody was there or something, I don't know, but they called the union and they came out and came in and told my boss that what was going on. My boss said, well, I own the company. I'm in here cleaning it up for, the, for, the, for work on and he says, well, as long as you're here, I got a young guy that's working for me, and he wants to get into the apprenticeship program. He says, we're not taking anybody to get rid of him. And you have to know my boss. He was an electrician before he started his business. He says, no. He says, I'm, I, he, I like the guy, and he likes to learn this job, and if you don't like it, then I'll get rid of my, my union help, and... Oh, I hire scabs, and he says, you can't do that. He says, just watch me. Because most of the work we did was north of Hugo, in the Sago City, Horse Lake, Wyoming, Stacy. It was way out of, up in the woods. So he says, okay, send them down in Monday. So I went to Monday, and I went in. This guy at the apprenticeship board, he must have been 6'6 six, six and about 250 pounds. He was a big dude. And he opened up the door, and he says, what are you doing here? And I says, this guy's name that came out to see us was Long. So I said, he came to, and told my boss to send you in. Oh, come on in. So I came in and I got started in the apprenticeship program. Well, already after I got married, I found out in February that I was ready to be drafted. <coughs> Just getting married, it's kind of wonder what the heck you should do. And I knew some of my friends that were in the National Guard, so I went to the National Guard and I joined the National Guard. And then I went in six months of active duty. Well, when I was gone, my wife got a notice that I was supposed to come into the Union and get swore in. 
Well, I'm in, in Missouri at the basic training, and I told my wife, call Ron and tell him that, give him the information. So he went in and got sworn in. He got sworn in twice, and I didn't get sworn in at all. Ron, did you get sworn in as yourself and as Don, or or did, yes, were, yes. Okay, so <laughs> yeah. a little a little only... a little twin magic there. Okay. Yeah. Well, we're identical. <laughs> <laughs> so, but when I went when I went to sign my name, I started. Whoops! I got to put a D, not an R. <laughs> <laughs> did they ever catch on? Did they know it was you, or did no? No. Oh, that's no. funny. No, no. So I was in the union, and when I started working for myself. You could not pay in for your health and welfare and that stuff because they said you could cheat. Well, if you do your taxes and do Form C and put everything down, how can you cheat? And so, so I got I I ended up eight years with payment that we when we got I was making two dollars an hour when I started, and they would come up for a raise then you had to negotiate. Well, they've got asked the people like us what you want. Well, we put some, like, back then we put 10 cents towards our vacation, I think it was, and then and then, for, and then we got um, health and welfare, too, that came off of our checks. And so when I got older and I was time for I get my there, I called them up, and they said, no, you didn't have 10 years in, I, and, and you didn't earn it. I said, all that money was out of my check that I put in there. This lady didn't know squat, you know. So I never did get it, and I don't know how much I would have got her anyway. But uh, some of my carpenter friends did get 10 years, and then they went into business, so they they did get it, and I didn't. Now they got it down to five years that you could have to have in. So it is what it is. So <laughs> keep keep going and that. And I didn't retire till. Actually, till I was 70, and then I worked. I worked for myself, and I had customers to call me. So I, my wife had said, if you work two two day two weeks out of a month, then we can stay where at the same weight we're doing now. So, so that's what I did. So it was it's there. So, what else do you want to know? <laughs> I'm sure it kind of goes hand in hand. Uh, a lot of what you you did for 60 years in carpentry, a little different in terms of what exactly you're doing, but in terms of just getting outdoors, doing the hard work, uh, sticking with schedules, I'm sure working fairly early in the day. What has this transition to golf course maintenance been like the last year and, and two years for you? Okay, this is Ron. I it, it was it was great. I I I live on acreage, so I. I do a lot of cutting at, at home anyway, so to get out here and I always like, like Chris says, this is like farming and I always loved farming because when my brother and I was growing up, my grandmas and uncles and farm was just about a mile from our house and so we did a lot of work on the, out there. So I love farming and that, so coming here and Chris asked me to be uh, do, uh, cut the, the fairways and I said, okay. So he puts me on the tractor and he's he's riding there just a little bit and he says we're done. He says take off. He says you're the easiest fellow I ever trained. And that and so that's I I love cutting the fairways and then 
then he didn't have anybody to cut the rough, so then I started cutting the rough, and then he hired a guy that only could work uh, about three hours a day because he was on some type of disability pension, and that. So I then I he 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 quit. This is about the time I got done cutting the uh, the fairways, and then I jump on the big tractor and cut for another three three hours, four hours, whatever it took me, because I always <clears throat> I always had in mind of how far I want to get every day when I got on <clears throat> on them track on the fairway or, or the um, rough cutter and that. So. But no, I I love it. You're out there and and it's cutting the grass away. Keeps growing all the time. This is true. Even even on the best day, you're never gonna win. No, nope. it's, it's gonna come up at some point. Yes. Yeah. This is done. I told you how I got hired from my brother, and they were looking yeah. for somebody to cut the greens. And they told I so I came in and visited with them, and he said it's a t- two to two and a half hour a day job. So, okay, that's fine. I, I only live about four miles from the from the golf course, and so I get here and get done the first I think one of the first days or so, and then he says, well, uh, would you go do this job? Probably was picking up the garbage or something like that, and so well, I told him. I told Chris, I said, I'll do anything. You just got to tell me what you got to do. We're from the old, the old people working. We come, we were learned how to work. We were on the farm, like he told you. You had to work when you were on the farm. I had one kid one day. I was after I got done with my greens. I, I had to go out to. And he told me to take the, some dirt and that stuff and or mix that we have and go do the the tea boxes and the fill, fill all the divots. So I started to go and then he says, well, take this kid with you. Okay. So I have another guy that, that works with me that's kind of my partner and that stuff. We do a lot of things together. And so when we get out there, if there's three um, tea boxes, well, we'll start one and one or the other, I'll go do the other one. and. When we get one gets done, he'll come and help you and that stuff. So I just told this kid to go do that one, and I went started the other one. And all of a sudden, I looked over and he's all done. And he, it was the far one, so that one didn't get beat up much. There he's in my in the cart, taxing. And I didn't say nothing to him. I they should have probably. I sort of said, when you're done with that, come and help me. <laughs> but that's what they they do with it. <laughs> I, I had, I shouldn't, I don't say this. The, these kids meet each other at a certain place every morning, sometimes probably around 6 o'clock or after in the morning. They must text everybody. I don't. I never ask them how they do it. But all of a sudden, I was I was on number 12 cutting, and I see these guys coming, and see, there's about six or seven carts out there. All of a sudden, I see this other kid coming down the fairway. Wide open, all of a sudden he put her into a donut and spun that thing around. And I said, "Oh my God, what the heck are they think they're doing?" So, being the oldest one here, I'm I'm 15 or 18 minutes older than my brother, so I'm the older. <laughs> so I said, "What do I do? Do I gotta do something?" So I I did talk to the kid, you know, not to do things like that. That's not. You know, what if you rip something up or tip over? So that, and I didn't hear anything more about it. And then 
my buddy and I were out out on 18 one day morning, and after we got done, he was the other. I did the front nine, and he did the back nine. So then we would go and do other jobs together. Oh, and the kid that came towards us, he was the one that was mowing for us that day. Him and I didn't mow that day, and so because these kids, the young kids, they want they get on Chris and they want to run the machines. So he takes us off and gives us other jobs. And I, like I said, I don't care what I do. If they hired me to work so that they can tell me what to do. And so all of a sudden we hear this kid yell, and here he's coming towards us. And he's out there, and he took his cart and spun it around and that stuff. Here's this other kid's bro- old, um, older brother. So I got up, caught up to him that day, and I said, you know, that was a dumb thing you did. And I did dumb things when I was young, too. But, for one thing, you're on a fairway area where one of the owners cuts. And what if he's seen you do that? What do you, you think you could get fired or something? I said, I'm not too worried about you losing your job. But what if you're, these golf courses aren't smooth. They got holes in them and everything else. What if he hit a, a deal and you flip it over and you get hurt? So about an hour later, I run into his brother. I said, he says, oh, I heard you had a good talk with my brother. And I said, yeah. I said, you guys got to be realistic when you do things. Then this, about a month ago, I, was, I, do, I had an iPad, and they were showing all these golf carts that run down, they run down a hill and tip over with them, roll them over. It's unreal what they do with them things, the people. So... But otherwise, no, I, then one of my jobs here, well, my guy that I worked a lot with, he started weeding, we have a lot of flower beds and bushes and that stuff that need to be taken care of. And so I I was doing something else that day and I drove by and I said, oh, you're weeding. And he says, yeah, he says, and I hate it. (laughs) And so... I don't know if maybe in the next week um, Chris says, Don, will you go out and start weeding some of the beds? And I said, sure. Which one do you want me to do? And I went and did it. Then I came by a number three tee boxes, and there's a black, uh, or the golf paths are there. There's rock pile on one side with bushes, and another side there's some bushes and, and flowers and thistles flowing all over the dang rocks. And I said, Chris, that looks terrible. We gotta get it done. I said, I'll go do it. And I had gloves that I could wear without getting that. So I went out there. Yeah, I had to actually move the rocks to get them thistles out of there. What's really was nice. You had people golfing, and that, you're at a tee box, and they stop and they say, "Boy, you're doing a nice job. It really looks neat. At least you know you're doing something good." You know. I did that, and then I, so that got to be my regular job. Um, if I come back and he doesn't have something for me, he said, just go do what you normally do. So that's what I do, and Rick, the other guy that I work with, sometimes, and then if I, he doesn't have something for him, he'll come and find me, and then we weed together and, and that stuff. I had one, the one I told you about, the thistles. Mm-hmm. I got here about quarter after five that morning. At 5.30, I was out at that place. I didn't come back in till about 11, and these people said, 
you've got to be crazy. I said, what do you mean? Staying out there and waiting out there. It's a job. You just keep, don't go in your mind and say that's a terrible job. You just keep on, on doing it. And I, I do weeds different than a lot of them because some people have been pull weeds ahead of me. They just break them off. I work on getting, I dig them with a digger and get the roots and that stuff. We had a quack grass area in one of them, and I found it. It wasn't a very big spot, and so I told my guy that I was working, I said, I got quack grass here. I'm going to get get it out of here before it keeps going. I dug it all out, and, and my wife, I had a lake place up in Wisconsin, and we did areas, and my wife was, uh, was taking care of this one, and boy, she, she dug everything up and got every little piece of white stuff that break off. <laughs> and I did that to that one there, and I watched, I looked at it during the year, and then I looked at it this fall. There wasn't not another piece of quack grass growing up in there. Maybe this spring there will be, and I'll take some stuff and spray it and kill it. But uh, it's, it's fun, and my my partner and I are, are really friendly out there. We like my brother, he's been golfing here for years with these old delvers. And they the one guy I was weed I was by the putting grease when they were waiting to go out and I'm down on my hands and knees weeding away and he's over there standing there talking to me as I was working away. He must have been about I don't know how long he was there. He told me he was there ten minutes. <laughs> I don't I didn't pay no attention to that. Then all of a sudden he came back and I don't know if he talked to my brother and he said that wasn't, I was talking to you. No, that's my twin brother. <laughs> and so he come back over and he said, you mean I was talking to you for about 10 minutes to somebody I never, ever talked to before? <laughs> and I could get him in trouble a lot because these people will wave to me or say something, and I, I if I would stick my nose up and just keep going, but I'm not that kind of a person. <laughs> and we think... We say good morning to these people. We say, oh, how is things going? My partner's the same as I am. And the one day we had a big guy, and we said good morning to him. And he turned around, and I thought, uh-oh, did we say something we shouldn't have <laughs> And this guy said, nobody says good morning anymore. But he says, don't stop. <laughs> and I guess this is what happens in the out in the working fields. You don't... You don't say them things to people, you know, and I never was that way. So we have people and we talk to and they'll come up and talk to us and we talk to them and they'll tell us. I had one guy this fall, he from Illinois and his dad lives in the White Bear area here and and he was sick so he came to visit him and he asked somebody where a, where a good golf course was and they told him go to Anika and he ran into, well, Chris he talked to, then he ran into my partner and I on number eight uh, tee boxes and said, hello, good morning to him. And and we got talking and I told him, he said, oh, God, you guys really have a neat golf course here in Illinois. He said, it's terrible. I said, well, we take care of all the, all the plants and all, all the flower beds. We go and weed them all out and that stuff. So. He was really impressed what we did. So it, it makes it nice. And I tell my bosses, and even the, the bosses that own this thing, I do my work here like it's my own place, you know, and that. So, and I do a lot of plants at my house. 
and uh, weeding and that stuff. So it's nothing new to me. So, in, in terms of being confused for one another, despite the fact that Ron, you played there uh, for years, and and you would think folks knew you a little bit more. How often does the confusion pop up among players? You know, when when you're both out there working, when uh, when somebody who maybe isn't around says hi to Ron, and then he says, sees Don and said, well, I guess we're going to continue this conversation, Don. You're like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. How how often does uh, do, are you confused for one another on the course when you're working? Yeah, this is Ron. Yeah, quite a, quite a bit, because I, I okay. you know, I I played here, well, I didn't play much golf before I started here now, after I retired, but um, I've been here, see, 17, by 18 years I've been playing in the men's, wow. in the senior men's league out here, so... And I and I also was the president of the of the men's league, and so a lot of people, you know, they a lot of people know me, you know, and I played with quite a few guys and and that, so they they'll come up and I didn't know you had a twin brother. Yeah, I do, <laughs> and so it happens all the time, you know. You you see and they wave to you, and then they'll I'll, I'll see one guy and he says, "Didn't I just see you down on four? <laughs> So it's it's fun, you know, because now most of the people know that there's two of us out here, and and it, it it's it's a conversation with people and that, and so it's 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 fun. I get well, Ron. Why aren't you all, aren't you going to golf today? <laughs> so if I don't know if he's not going to golf or he ain't going to golf, I I said I don't know. I haven't talked to him. <laughs> so usually I'll come. Usually I'll come in and. We we sometimes golf. We, most of the time, my my partners and I, my foursome, we we golf around seven, seven fifteen, something like that. Yeah. So, but uh, I'll come in here at five and I'll go work for almost two hours before I go golf. And that so then after I'm done golfing, <clears throat> I'll hop on the rough mower again and and cut for another three hours or so. So because I was the only one on the, I was the only one on the rough mower last year. Luckily, we didn't have a, a lot of rain, so I could keep up with it all the time. Usually, I was done by oh Thursday or Wednesday night, Thursday morning. I was I was I was done with the, all the um, rough mowing, and then on Friday we would we would go and uh, and go two laps around all the fairways and that. So after I after I got done mowing the fairways, but, and then yet when we're mowing the greens, if he doesn't have a tractor to ride on. Because he's done with it, he'll take my job, <laughs> which I don't really care. You <laughs> know, and the whole thing is, being a carpenter, you're you're fussy. You know, you got to be, especially finishing carpenter and that stuff, which I did a lot. And you got to have it because everybody can see what you did. Well. Chris would send us out and he says, um, no cleanup today. Um, so just mow from whatever angle he tells us or straight up sideways wherever he, he tells us what numbers he wants us to cut. So what I was doing, I was getting, when I came, because after you get done cutting, you look at the side and there's all these patches all along the whole outer collar. And I it didn't look good to me, so I, I tried to, sneak up too close to the edge when I was going in, and I'd clip the collar. And then one of the big bosses was out golfing one day, and he noticed some of them clips, and so he came in and 
talked to Chris, and of course then Chris talked to me, and I told him what I was, how I did it. So he says, no, I want you to back off and let it go, and that stuff. So, okay, so that's what I did, and uh, got that there. And then, of course, my this boss that I was, the big boss I was telling, he also goes out and in the fall and starts taking down the plants and all that stuff. And we have a lot of grasses that go up. And they got to be cut up off about six to eight inches off the ground. Well, he would cut them, but he'd leave the leaves drooping that was below that cut. So, and we have a circle up, a circle up in the deal, and there's an island in the center of the circle, and that's got a lot of planting up by the clubhouse. I told my my partner we got to go down and go through what he did, because there's a lot of stuff that should have been done. So. We got it all done, and then one day I came. We were going out, and he, well, after I got done cutting the greens, I came in, and he was here, and he said, "I got to go up and fix up some of my stuff." I didn't say nothing to him, <laughs> but he went up there, and there was nothing to do because we had it all cleaned out, <laughs> and, and we're real neat. That's what we do. We, him and I, my partner and I, we we kept adding more different tools to our cart every time we went out we we didn't want the big backpacks because we it's not that much we go we a lot of our stuff is working around where the blacktop is and that I'm crawling on blacktop and I got myself knee pads so that I can crawl on there and doesn't bother and doesn't wear my pants out so I told my partner let's grab that blower because when you're done you got dirt out especially when we go along the edges and that stuff we got dirt there we can't just leave that because it looked terrible so we start bringing that. And then we started bringing a weed whip with us, and I, and we brought all kinds of different <laughs> things and that stuff. So, and and that way it's neat looking when you get done. We're, I when I'm mowing, I can't stop and well, like Ron, Ron goes under. We got a lot of jack pines in here, and then they'll cut up, but their big machines will hit them and knock branches off of them, and. I said to Chris this spring fall, I said, do you ever tell them kids to stop and pick up that stuff when you're going by with a cart? Yeah, but they're too lazy, they don't do it. Well, when I'm on my mower, there's no way I can haul a branch and that stuff. So when I go out, if I'm doing garbage or I'm doing divots, then I'll, I'll start picking up, I'll, I'll stop and pick up all that stuff. And then you turn around and look and say, ah, that looks neat now, you know. So that's what we do doing. My partner, he, he was very up to um, foam cups. I don't know if people throw them out or the wind picks them up out of the trays, but they can. And But we, we always stop and pick up the foam cups we see, because if we don't, Ron will cut them all up in little, in little pieces. Right, Ron? Yep. And then he always yells at me, I, I look for too many golf balls, which I don't look for them. I've just, I just got an eagle eye for golf balls. <laughs> That's that's I, one I of the best skills you can have as an errant golfer. Yeah, and then he, balls. Yeah, and he Ron, he he gets a lot of them, when, especially in the rough cutting. And he, I call him the ball killer. <laughs> I, I I got something like I I got something like about sixty dozen balls this year. Oh my god! Wait, sixty and dozen? I, and I, yes, and oh I give gosh. them to people I know that golf, and I'm. Even the one day 
there was a backup. I don't know what caused the backup, but there was about a 30-minute backup when we were on doing work on, on T-Box 1. And so I pulled my cart over and right over past the thing, got out of the way for them, and if there's a pond there. And I looked down, oh, there's a couple golf balls down there, and I had a shovel in my vehicle, so I reached down and I picked them two up, and I'm walking back, and there's two old gentlemen sitting there, and I said, have you guys lost any balls lately? And he said, oh, we lose them all the time, and I took them out of my pocket. I said, here's one for each one of you. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a guy that public relations, I think, goes a long ways. Yep. And so one day I was out on 7, and these guys were coming, so I pulled over. I was cutting that day, and I pulled over off to the side. There was a golf ball in there, and, I, and this guy hit it into the sand trap, his ball, and he came over there, and he says, oh, there's a ball there. I says, yeah, I know. I'm just going to pick it up in a few minutes. So he got done, and I got, I went and picked it up, and I says, would you like to have it? And he says, yeah. And I threw it to him. You know, things like that, you know. And... Like the balls, I get, I give, um, I give them. I got a couple neighbors at golf, and I got one neighbor. He, I don't know if he's ever golfed out here, but he wants to golf out here. And what one story? We were out at, at the driving range, and the divots are so bad down there at their at place. I mean, they just tear it up. And so, the one day they took the spreader out there and spread sand over it, and they brought took one of the carts and pulled a big screen behind it. And I said to my partner, I said, there we go. We're not going to sit there and rake that all by hand all the time. We're going to get that machine down here. We'll spread the dirt out, and then I'll go, we'll run over it. So that's what we do now. And this one guy came up that day, golf, or just to do some driving, and he said, I haven't golfed for 32 years. So we got talking to him, and I said, he was going to go buy some golf balls, and I said, hey, there's a half a basket over here sitting here. I said, try these first. <laughs> I think that he just used them that day. Yeah. Then when, and then when he got all done, I said, I says to him, do you live around here? And he says, well, I'm from Hugo. And I said, oh, what's your name? He said, oh, Pete Gibbs. I said, you got to be kidding me. I live next two doors away from his dad's mom's house. <laughs> and he said, that was back when I lived in Hugo, and I live in White Bear now. So but he said, I knew you had to be from Hugo. You were too nice. <laughs> so, and actually, we talked to him, and I, then he'd see him, and he'd come and talk to us. But actually, he ended up joining here. Huh. If we had anything to do with it, I hope we did. But, and you talk to other people and that stuff. I do that out there. A lot of times, there'll be somebody out there. What happens, these rich guys come out there to hit golf balls and then all of a sudden they got to go get to their tea time and they leave them sit there so I'll, we got I pick up every time I, if I go out there like after I get done work I'll go and, and hit on the driving range because I really haven't golfed hardly and I, and I need to practice so I get out there and there's baskets laying all over the place so I pick them all up before I I leave and put them by the by the house where they they put them and that stuff and and then I had my two grandchildren they they came out and I the, to do some golfing because that and then I got and then I bought and then I said well I don't know that much about golfing I'll talk to the pro guy and see what it would be for you two to golf and you know to come for lessons 
So we did, we, they did three lessons for, and did both of them at the same time. I said, well, let's do it the first time and see what happens, I told the, the, the pro guy. And then I talked to my grandchildren, and one's, one is um, a 16, the other one's 14. And that's a girl boy. And so I, I bring them down here and go golf. I'll take them out golfing and that stuff too. But uh, so, but it really worked out nice that way, and that, and, and they were, they, they really like it. But given these balls, the people come in there. Hey, there's some extra balls. Would you like to need to use them? I had a little kid come down there. He was 11 years old, and. I was. I just came down to hit some golf balls. It was hitting with an iron. He was driving out 150 yards with that iron. And I said, how in the heck do you do that? If I get 30 feet out there, I'm going to be happy. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and I said, well, where do you get the money to buy these balls? Because he says, I come every day. Because the way the school's with all this virus and that, he was doing summer school, and after summer school, and he lives just north of the golf course, right up on the north end of our golf course. And he came in, and, and so he was almost done. There, and I says to him, "Have you got any more golf balls there?" And he says, "No, I'm all out." And I says, "I had a couple of coins in my pocket, so I." Uh, my boss is sitting here, and he's going to take this all in, but my brother and I can take him. <laughs> I gave so I gave him a coin and he said, I can't do that and I says, Yeah, you can. I work here. I get perks. And this is one of my perks. <laughs> you know, and the kid then he took it and there and he says, God, he says, I'd love to go golfing with you someday and I says, I wouldn't mind going with you, but you've got it first. Wait, I gotta meet your mom and dad. There's no way I'm taking a little kid out without talking to their mom and dad. And then we'd see it. And then my grandson and granddaughter, they were taking lessons that day, and they come up there, and they hit some balls. And, and then we're all ready to go back up to the clubhouse. And I said to the kid was ready, too, and I said, would you like to join us? We're going up to the clubhouse and have a, a pop or whatever you want. Well, I don't have no money. I said, I didn't ask you that. Do you want to come with us? And he says, yeah. So I think with the, all of us, my bill came to $6. <laughs> you know, I, I, but the kid, he sees me, and he, one day I was, on the, I was out there driving balls that day, and all of a sudden I seen this kid yelling, and he's waving, he's out with his friends golfing. And, and that, so and then he ran into my grandson's a. Uh, hockey player and he's a goalie and he was at a training deal in Forest Lake which is way north of us yet and then all of a sudden this kid came up to him and said remember me I was the one out the gone <laughs> my grandson called me because I ran into your buddy <laughs> that's me <laughs> what can I say I, I, I'm I'm friendly <laughs> and I love to have fun and that stuff and so that's how I get there, and I, and I told them that if they wanted me, I asked them this fall if I, can, if I was coming back, and they said, yeah. And I said, well, I'll be back if uh, my health takes care. And the big boss, he asked me and my partner if we're coming back, and 
I says, yeah, I'm coming back if I can, you know, if I'm healthy. I have a, I have what they call a PMR. It's, it, it's, comes from your ancestors. Okay. It's a genetic deal, and what it does, it, I got it over two years ago. I got it, and it tightens all your muscles. Just tighten up. You can't hardly move. You can't get out of a chair or anything. So I went to the doctor, and, they, and then I went to therapy, and then then I got to a, a rheumatologist. That's the way it goes. Life is with. It's like I had um, Lyme disease too, and it's just like oh, Lyme geez. disease. You get so stiff. Yeah. And you can't move and that stuff. So and that's all. So I like I like doing hair. I get what I like. I hate. I never got up early because I, the. When I worked out in the carving work, eight o'clock was your time start. So I'd get up at seven. So, and so this is coming up. I like this early stuff now when I get here because I'm home by eleven to twelve o'clock, and then I get I got stuff to do by myself then. So that works out really nice. Then until the fall comes, and then they start making the time go down, <laughs> and yeah. then you work until then you work until one o'clock or something. <laughs> Students go back. More hours for you, Ron. You you probably still play a lot more, but for both of you, about how many rounds do you think you play, either a week or a season? Don, I, I don't know if you measure in weeks or in, in seasons at this point. Well, since I've been working here, I, my golf is cut down. <laughs> I should be able to golf more because I get free golf. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. I golf twice a week. Okay. And sometimes three times a week, and that. So it's uh. I used to golf more. I used to sometimes be out here for, being that I I was a member here. I jo- I joined and and so I'd come out here and I'd uh, I'd have a few minutes and I would run out here and shoot four, five, six holes, and that just to come out here. Cause yeah, I I also I have a couple other jobs I do. I I also umpire baseball, which I've been umpiring for I don't know. Let's see, about uh, thirty about forty years. And I also officiate football. So I did 52 games this last fall. Wait, 52 football games? Yep. Holy moly. I coached hockey for a little, you know, like, I don't know what age they were at, maybe 12, 11, 12 years old. And we had a a game that morning at 7 o'clock in Stillwater. And Ron Lizzo were close to Stillwater. And his son, oldest son, would referee with him on the hockey. So he gets there, and these kids came out, and I heard him say, "Boy, we should win this game easy. Our our coach is is refereeing." <laughs> <laughs> and I walked up and I said, "No, I see what we did is I always wore a suit, and then I had my top, you know, the long coat on, jacket on, and that stuff. And people would always say, well, why are you dressed up like that?' I said, "Because after." After you get done with hockey, I go to church. <laughs> no, but they thought they had it made then that day, so. Yeah, I, this is Ron. I, I also coached, uh, I coached hockey, football, and baseball, too. I did soccer. Hmm. I, I did actually hockey and, well, when they call you up and say your son is on the, on the hockey team, but we got no coach, what do you do? So, I talked it with I talked it over with my wife. She said, "Well, you got to go there anyway. You might as well just stay." 
so that's how I got in that. And then I got into soccer when my kids joined the soccer. And I had two of them that did soccer plus a grandson. grandson. In fact, we have out of my, my twin brother was a, a um, hockey goalie. My granddaughter is a goalie. Uh, my grandson's a goalie. And let's see what else. Oh, and my great-grandson, he's only six. He's he's doing goalie. And I think, am I missing somebody? That's <laughs> so, awesome. And then plus, and we had three of them that did uh, uh, soccer goalies. You know, so I I don't know how we did that, but <laughs> that's when it comes out. Yeah, this is Ron again. Something yeah, back, it, yeah. yeah, back in the 70s, I, I did... I used to only golf two or three times a, a year, and then back in the 70s, I I joined a club and I I'd golf twice a week, and then start of the 80s, I uh, I was in baseball umpiring and real real heavy, you know I did a lot of them, and then I started doing probably close to 140 baseball games every summer. Holy moly! And uh, I had no no time for golf anymore, so I. I quit golfing for about twenty some years before I I started golfing out here again. So, but I still did all I still did quite a few baseball games. I still I'm I'm going to cut back this year I think because it's I getting up at four in the morning it uh, gets a little rough. It's long days when you're doing football at night. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> well, I I, I belong to St. Paul uh, Missable Umpires and uh, so. They have, um, well, they have VFW, Legion, and uh, and Amateur A. And uh, so I just talked to the guy. I said, VFW usually plays about 4 in the afternoon, 4 or 5 in the afternoon. So that's a two-hour ball game, so sometimes. <laughs> and and so I'm back home in time, so I can get in bed by at least 8 o'clock. So. Still. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he's in bed at 8. I try for nine, and I have well, I have my youngest daughter and her husband, and, and my two grandchildren live with me. So they they were living with me, and then my wife passed away, and I asked them to stay with me, and they're still with me. And I have a five-year-old grandson. Well, last summer, last spring when I started here, I was getting ready to go to bed. And I was sitting on the bed, and he was sitting in my in the doorway. And I says, "Well, I might as well hop, just jump in bed, and you can shut my light off for me." So he shut the light off, and away he goes. Well, the next night he's back in there again. He did it all summer for me. And so, and then he'd always say, "Are you going to bed early, day? You have to get up early." And I said, "Yeah." So he would he did that for me. So he was good about it. That's funny. So you've got two years and one year under your belt in course maintenance. How many more do you think you have? How many more years do you want to work on a golf course? As long as I can. Yep. Okay. It just depends on, like I say, it, I, when I leave Chris in the spring uh, fall time, I say, well, possibly the same thing when I do baseball. And then I say, well, we'll wait until spring see how I feel. Yep. And so far, so far, the good Lord has been real blessed with, with my health. We got a. We both were hearing aids, and the lady that we go to, she told me we got longevity. She says you and your brother. <laughs> I, she doesn't think that we're in our 80s when we go in there. 
A lot of people don't. And a little story, and a quick story. Yeah. Is, this is Ron. I, you know, I told you I officiate football. This happened, uh, let's see, three, a little over three years ago. I was doing. I got called at about one o'clock in the afternoon. Ron, can you go and do a? Um, I think it was a JV game. I believe it was either JV or tenth grade at Blaine High School. And I said, Who am I with? And he says, I don't know. I got this call from another association. So I said, okay, I'll go there. So I get there, and I said, well, I wear the white hat. And so I said, well, I'm wearing the white hat in this one. I don't know these clowns at all, so I'm going to run the game. So we get out in the field. We get the game going. We're probably five, ten minutes, five minutes into the game about. And all of a sudden, I heard this guy, somebody yell at me, and I turned and looked. And they snapped the ball. I turned and looked up, and here I have a big quarterback and a big DN coming right at me. I start backpedaling, and they nailed me oh. right down in the area. <laughs> so uh, it hurt. So the trainer wasn't there yet. And so when the trainer went over and talked to her, she looked at me and kind of said, I have this little catch in the back of my, my leg. She says, ah, that'll only take a couple of days. It'll be all right. So, I, well, it takes me about 45 minutes to get home from uh, Blaine. And I got home. I could hardly get out of my truck. <laughs> I go in, and we had supper, and I said, ah, it'll be all right. Next morning, I get up, and it's still hurting. So, so I says, I'm going to go to urgent care. So I went over to Montemedi, and they didn't, their urgent, urgent care don't open until later. So they said, well, the one in Stillwater, which where I go, it opens at 11, so I went over there, and sure enough, they took x-rays, and I ended up with a with my uh, shin bone fractured on the top, and both okay. outside and inside ligaments were, were, were rough, uh, not broken, but were sprained. So then I went I went to the doctor, and they got me all, all fixed up and that, and got to, go, got to go to therapy, so I went to therapy, and this therapist... I was laying down, he was working my knee over, and he says, oh, you can sure thank your mom and dad for the great genes they gave you. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> so Jeez. I get up, and I said, do I have to come back? And he says, yep. He says, you and I are going to be really good friends the time you get out of here. I said, okay. <laughs> uh, I've I seen him four times, and he says, you're done. <laughs> so, and I have never, in over three years, I have never had any problem with that knee. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Chris... I said to him this fall, um, boy, when I came to get this job from you, you hardly ever asked me anything about what, you know, what I'm like or whatever you want to say. Well, like my daughter says, Dad, you haven't interviewed for a job for 40-some years. <laughs> and I said, you're right. <laughs> and maybe it was 50 years. You know, I said, you know, that Ernie said, well, the reason I didn't have to ask you the questions is because if you were half as good as Ron, you'd be a good fit. And I said, well, I'm better than him. <laughs> it's how you've been brought up in working and, and that stuff. And, and we, we had to work for all of that. Like I said, I made $2 an hour, and I was married, and then... I started working in carpet. That's why I was getting two dollars an hour. When I worked for Whirlpool Corporation, I was making two twenty-three an hour. So I got, I made, <laughs> I went down. <laughs> and so, uh, so I was working for this guy, and he, we built a spec home. And 
So the one day I came home and my wife said to me, why don't you ask your boss, um, Nicole TCF Banking, and see if we would qualify for the, for the house. The house is 15000 or no, what was it? 16500 So you had to have 10% down to qualify. You know, if I had had $2 in my pocket, I'd have been lucky. And so she, uh, he, he told TCF Bank that I already paid him the 10, 10% down, which would have been $1,650. And my mother-in-law, well, we lost my father-in-law, and we did a lot of work for getting my mother-in-law out of her house and in a new apartment and that stuff. So she gave me two give us $250 for closing and signed a slip that we don't have to pay it back. So that's how I got a house. We there, lived there 17 years and with inflation. We, well, we're, what, five, six miles between Hugo and White Bear. It's the real estate guy, and he wasn't getting back to me, so I called him and he said, I was afraid to call you because I don't know what you're going to think. I said, well, how much is it? He said, we can sell it for 87000 I said, okay, if that's what you said it's got to be. He said, if you had been in White Bear, it would have been 105000 five miles away. Because Hugo was out in the boonies. You know, nobody's going to move out there. Well, you should see it now. <laughs> <laughs> this is Ron. Yeah. Donnie was telling he started at 2 bucks an hour. When I started my apprentice program, I I got paid a buck fifty an hour. Carpenters at that time were making two four or three forty five an hour, and I said to myself, if I when I get be a journeyman carpenter and I make it three forty, I'll be in heaven. My thanks again to Ron and Don Wenzel for sharing so many great stories. It was a joy to talk with them. My thanks to Aqua Aid Solutions for sponsoring off the course, and my thanks to all of you for listening to all the podcasts here on the Superintendent Radio Network. Beyond the page, Greens with Envy, Off the Course, and Tartan Talks. On Tuesdays, Real Turf Techs with Trent Manning and Wonderful Women of Golf with Rick Wolfel on Thursdays. Our April issue is online now. It's highlighted by Lee Carr's three-story eco-enhancement guide cover package. You can check that out at www.golfcourseindustry.com slash magazine. You can read more industry news and notes in our Fast and Firm newsletter. That's delivered every Tuesday to your inbox. And you can sign up for subscriptions to either or both at www.golfcourseindustry.com. Golf Course Industry is produced by Guy Cipriano and me, Matt Lowell, our columnists. I think they're the best. Terry Buchan, Henry DeLozier, Bradley S. Klein, Tim Morgan, and Matthew Wharton. We have a great crew of regular contributors as well. Tyler Bloom, Trent Bouts, Lee Carr, Ron Furlong, Judd Spicer, John Torciello, Anthony Williams, Rick Wolfel. We're going to welcome another summer intern next month, too. We'll tell you all about them before much longer. Our publisher is Dave Zai. Russ Warner handles sales. Jim Blaney designs the magazine. Caitlin Sellers makes sure everything goes where it should. Christina Warner makes sure you all receive the magazine. Kelly Antle makes sure we all get paid. Amanda Cafardi handles production. She just took a giant cardboard box, flattened, out to recycling. I don't know how she carried it out there. It was bigger than she was. 
Irene Sweeney does more than anybody here can keep straight. Ryan Jacobs, Anna Kolar, Cody Minnick, Tom Bauman, Brock Andorada, and Patrick Briand are our IT team. Our president is Chris Foster. He has a new hive of bees up on the roof. He's busy making honey. Gonna have him on the podcast sometime to talk about his bees. Fascinating. Above all else, we could not do what we do without you. Thank you so much for listening. If you were a miller, and a mill will grind me, I'd not miss my colored blouse and my soft shoes shining. Save your love through loneliness, save your love through sorrow. I gave you my loneliness, give me your tomorrow.